Welcome to the Dr. Will Show, where we have the discussions about innovation, leadership, and becoming the CEO of you. Each episode, I will bring in a content creator who will be giving you actionable steps on how you can live your best life. I am your host, Dr. Will, and I am here today with Brad Schriffler. How are you doing, Brad? And I'm doing awesome, Dr. Will. I'm so excited to talk to you today. It's so cool. Awesome, awesome. I see behind you all of the books. All the books. I found a, a back room in the school to just sit down and record in. So I got all the books back here. Awesome, awesome. So people, today we're going to be talking about that podcast life. And uh, Brad has a podcast, The uh, Planning Period. And uh, it's awesome. It's, it's something very different than what I am uh, used to and what you probably would expect. So uh, it's going to be awesome uh, to hear about his journey. So, Brad, for those who will be listening in the future, will you please introduce yourself? Yeah, well, uh, I am Brad Treffler, like you said. I am a instructional coach and digital coach and teacher and teacher of adults at night. And I, I don't know, I do a lot of things during the day and the night that side hustle. Uh, like Will always talks about. And then I'm also the host of the Planning Period Podcast, which is a show really intended to feel like two teachers just sitting down in, with each other at the break room during their planning period talking about things about education, just kind of what comes to mind and, and what's driving them right now and what they want to see get better or improve or whatever. And uh, so that's kind of what my show's about. And um, actually, I just started a second show, which I just started a second episode just aired today as we're recording this, uh, called Student Economy Podcast, where I have my kids are now podcasting as well, my students, and it's basically completely student run. So, um, you know, I'm I'm all about that podcasting life, like like Will would say. You know, it's just it's a constant drive for me. So. I really believe in the power of that medium and have since, you know, I've been listening to podcasts since 2004 when they were first started. And, uh, you know, I, I, and I've, you know, waited a long time to start my own, but now I think I, I feel like I'm starting to hit a stride with it. So, so why start a podcast and where did the idea come from? Um, you know, I, I've, I ran a podcast briefly in college and, um, you know, just for a little bit and it was fun. It was kind of random or whatever. Um, but I, the idea of starting my show really came from starting to listen to a lot of education podcasts and feel like they're all, I don't want to say formal because certainly that's not the right word, but they all kind of had their niche and their feel. And, and I felt like we, we didn't have any podcasts in the education space yet, in my opinion, that really focused just on the guest and not the guest as whatever they're an expert in or the guest as in whatever they wanted to sell as the next big thing in education. We, I, I felt like we could take a show. We needed a show in the space that focused on teachers as people through their art. You know, I feel like the art of teaching is really the experience of giving yourself to your students. And I felt like a podcast could show that message. And uh, I felt like that was a space I could work in. Wow. Excellent. So what I find really interesting is when we talk, before we actually uh, did the interview when you interviewed me was, I asked the same three questions <laughs> to all of my guests. And because of everyone's different experiences and likes and interests, it becomes a different show every episode. So 
Why the same three questions? Well, I, I wanted, I'm not, a, I'm not someone who likes structure. I live in a world of chaos. I barely control the chaos around me and I'm not someone who likes structure, but I wanted something as a podcast listener, I like an anchor point in the shows I listen to something that holds me in place. And, you know, number one, it's the hosts. Obviously that's, that's key. Number one to the show is it's got to have hosts that are interesting, but I also like something that I can have a consistent element to mixed in with something being completely different. So for me, it came down to having a set of questions that were going to drive a conversation, but also not limit that conversation to being repetitive over time. And I spent, the, I spent probably about two years redefining those questions over and over and over and really nailing down the series of questions I really liked. And, and once each one sort of fell into place, I found that as I've done this show, you know, it, it really gives me that full picture of a teacher uh, through those three questions and that full picture of a person through those three questions. And, you know, it, it took some time, but once I worked them out, I, those questions I feel like are very powerful. Yeah, it was interesting uh, for me because I've never been asked those questions before. So I had no idea what I was going to say at all. And then in listening to some of your uh, other shows with guests and I go, hmm, okay. Because I'm always at that point knowing what the three questions were and knowing what my answers were. Now I'm going, what are their answers going to be? <laughs> yep. You know, so that was cool. It was really that first question that clicked it in for me. You know, my first question I ask all my guests is always, what is the biggest problem facing education today? Yeah. And that stemmed from a conversation I had who, with my first guest ever on my podcast, his name's Jay Svetko. He, but long before the podcast was a thing, he stopped me in the parking lot one day and he was like, Hey, you know, we were just chatting, like, you know, just two teachers on our way out of the door. We were chatting, whatever. And that, and, and at one point I said, I, in a passing comment, I said, well, I mean, you know, we all know education's broken. And he stopped and he goes, okay, but what do you mean by that? And I'm like, huh? He's like, everybody says education is broken, but what is broken? What is the thing that is broken? And, and I, I didn't really have an answer. And I thought about it and I thought about it. I was like, there's a lot of little things, but is there a big thing? And so that's kind of where the, the evolution of that question started is we all kind of understand that this thing isn't perfect. This thing we do, this educational space isn't perfect. And yet, how often do we really talk about and try to nail down what isn't right or what do we want to really, really fix? Um, and so that's really where it started. And then the two questions that follow are, are really in response to diving deeper into that question. Mm. So you have a lot of different guests on your show. How do you go about choosing who you want to be on your show? Um, a lot of social media. I, I live in the Twitter space. I, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. And if someone says, you know, it can be a passing comment. It can be like, they said one tweet. I'm like, Ooh, that's cool. I want to know more about the person that said that. Like, and that's kind of how I think about my show. It's like, I want to know about that person, not just that one thought. I want to know about that person. Like what brings them right here? What gets that story? What story brings them to this moment? Um, a lot of my guests, I, you know, I poached from other podcasts I listen to, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I, I've, I've said before, I listen to about eight and a half hours a week of podcasts and the vast majority of those are education. So I hear someone's energy on another person's show and I'm, 
I'm like, Ooh, I want that. I want that. You know, you, Dr. Will, I heard you on Sarah's show, Sarah and alone show. And I was like, Ooh, I need that on my, that energy I need on my show. I need that, you know? And that's, that's, that's a lot of what my show is, is I, I hear other people and they, they get to share their message in one way on one show. And I'm like, Ooh, I want, I want to know how they'd answer my questions. I really want to know what they'd say to my three questions. And, you know, so I, I, I beg, borrow and plead like any teacher. I, I steal and take from other people. And, and then I go out and find my own people or people I know in my real life and, you know, outside my, my analog life, as it were, people at my school or schools nearby that I work with. And Hey, you, you have cool ideas. Let's just, you know, let's chat. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever had a show where you could tell in the first couple of minutes, this is going to be a long show because this is not very good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the energy is like something is off. And if you have, what did you do to try to get the show back on track? I've had a couple. Um, I've had a couple where it definitely felt more like pulling teeth than it did interviewing. Um, but I think I lean back on my teaching career. You know, I think I lean back on my teaching experience. One of the things that we have to be good at is just rolling with the punches and driving that flow and moving on. You know, I've had a couple episodes that ended up being shorter than most because the answers they gave me were pretty short and sweet and to the point. And I said, okay, if that's how we're going to roll this episode, we're going to roll it that way. And I've had others where I'm like, man, just tell me more about that. Like, what about this? Or give me a little more information. Um, you know, so you kind of just try to drive it out of them. And one of the things I found that has helped me recently is doing a little more pre-discussion, um, often still recorded, but just kind of riffing at the beginning and getting people comfortable with me. Um, and then getting to the questions. I think in the beginning, especially I would go straight to my questions Mm -hmm. and not get them comfortable in a flow of what a podcast is like. And so getting better at that has helped a lot too. Mm Hmm. I just sit there and I tough it out. <laughs> <laughs> just keep dragging. Just give me. Yeah, give me. yeah. You know, for, for, I haven't had many of them. I've been very blessed. So this, I'm on four, season four right now. So I've had about five shows that I was going like, okay, this is not okay. And then I've had some where the interview itself, I didn't think went well. But when I listened to it, Without the video, oh, not bad. It was better than I, what I, that I thought it was going to be. Um, so how, and, and this is, I guess, your first official season. Yep. Um, how did you find your voice? And, and, and the reason I ask you this is because, you know, you're listening, you say the eight hours podcast a week and as human beings in general, sometimes we like to sort of mimic or take things from other people that we see and we like and try to incorporate into what we do. But sometimes you can lose your own voice in doing that. Mm -hmm. So how did you discover your voice and chart your own path knowing the influences that you have with you on a weekly basis. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. You know, it is voice is that problem, right? Voice is that thing that, that is hard to describe and hard to nail down exactly what it is. And to me, it's really about a comfort in who you are. 
So there are certainly people I listen to and I'm like, man, I, I wish I could be like that kind of like, I wish I could do that thing. I mean, Will, you're one of them and like you own your vision. You own yourself so much. You're just you, you're all out there for everyone to see. And I love that. Like, it's so cool. Um, but at the same time, I'm not you, right? Like, and I, I'm never going to be you. I don't need to be you. I'm mm -hmm. me. And if I was you, then I'd, there'd be no reason for me to be here because you're already here. Like there's no, so, you know, it's, it's kind of learning to balance those two things. It, it's taking the, the lessons of someone else's personality of, of that ownership of yourself without becoming them, you know, like, um, and, and to me, it's really a, I spent a lot of time before I started my show thinking about what it, what is the message I want my show to be, to give, you know, at the end of the day, if someone's listening to my show, what do I want them to walk away with? And, it, and it's not necessarily a direct call to action. You know, it's not a, now go out and sign up for this or, you know, go change the world, go buy my book. Or it's none of those things. It's more like, what is the feeling I want my audience to leave my show with? And, and I hope that they leave my show with a better vision of who my guest is and maybe a little bit of who I am, but mostly a better vision of who my guest is as a person, as a well-rounded person. And, and, and that's, the, the way I portray it and I go at it. And so my, my voice really comes down to just sort of being comfortable with who I am, you know, and, and I've been on Twitter and social media for years as an educator, as a professional. And I think that helped a lot too, is, is I built my voice through text first. And as a former English teacher, writing is my strength, right? Like writing is where I'm at and the, the speaking comes secondary to that. So that helped a lot too, is I, I spent a lot of years looking at other people on Twitter and what they were saying. And I'm like, man, that just doesn't feel true to me. That's not who I am. And, and, and defining my voice that way. And you kind of combine all those lessons and then you, you turn on a mic and, and you push through. I, I will also say that in the beginning, it's terrible. You've mentioned this recently in your show, but I, I, I've gone back and listened to my first couple episodes and man, are they rough. Like I, they're unlistenable. Like, I don't know why anybody has made it to this point in my show. If they listen to the beginning, I hope no one listened to the beginning. Like <laughs> I, I hope every listener I have right now just started because everything before this, Oh, it's hard to listen to. And there's good content. My guests were awesome. But my, my part of it, I'm just like, why did I say that? Why did I say it like that? What is that? That doesn't even sound like me. I don't know what's happening anymore. Who am I? You know, but I push through. You, you push. You just go, okay, but that's fine. You got to push through, you know, and that's kind of how I deal with it. I, I just keep pushing and going because I, I feel like in my gut, something I'm doing is right. Something I'm doing is working in my gut. And even if everything else disagrees and everyone else disagrees, I'm going to keep pushing. Mm. So since you say that, do you look at the stats of your shows and what kind of comments or feedback have you received? Uh, analytics, the dark hole of podcasting. Uh, you know, I do. I, I do look at the analytics. I, in the beginning, I looked at them obsessively because I don't know if it's just because of teaching and we are so data driven and, and we look at charts and graphs and I just love Excel and working with tables. I don't know why that's always been something I've liked. And I, I looked obsessively like I, like every couple of hours I was looking to see, did I get any more downloads since the last time I looked, refresh the page, refresh the page, refresh the page. I've had to kind of force myself to stop doing that because I, it kind of became unhealthy. 
I do check. I check regularly. I like to see where I'm at. I like to see what's the most listened to episodes. And, um, you know, I, I try to take lessons from that where I can, but I don't let it drive my instruction or my, my podcast as it were. I don't let it drive my vision as it were, because like I said, it, it comes back to what I think is right. You know, I, I feel like what I'm doing is the right thing I'm doing. And I can safely say that I have an overall upward trend, right? And that, that's kind of what I want to see. I want to see that my gr- listenership is growing over time. And if it dropped off tomorrow, that wouldn't stop me from doing my show. I don't think, I, I think if, you know, I've heard other podcasters say, I know my dad is listening. He emails me every week and tells me like he, he emails me every week and lets me know what he thought about that week's episode. Like, Hey, this is what so-and-so said. I thought this was an interesting concept. They're totally right about this. Or oh, I thought I was the only person that felt that way. You know, my, my dad was one of my guests. He's a, he's a high, he was a former elementary school principal. So he listens to every episode and gives me feedback and lets me know what's going on most of the time. So you know, the one week I don't get an, an email back from him, I'm like, well, apparently that wasn't a very good episode. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, bet, I, I don't know if he expected my answers. Uh, you know, he, you fell right in a, a down patch where he fell behind on a break or something. And, and I've got I to gotta get with him and check up on something we missed out on the last few weeks. So. I don't know. I don't <clears> – <throat> up until recently – I didn't really check my stats. I was just doing my show quite honestly for me. And then I started to check them and I said, Hmm. So about four months ago was when I really started to check. And what I interesting thing is when season four launched, I, and I started, okay, these are the shows that I'm going to be doing. These have been the most, popular of my shows and then when I go back and look at shows that I've done in the past that fell into the same category those were the ones that were the most popular so I said all right then maybe people will ride with me yeah (laughs) well I mean I've told you I'm riding with you in season four I'm loving this I'm loving this ride man you're 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 firing on all cylinders right now and anybody listening to this knows that already Uh, I mean you're 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 hitting in all the right spots right now. You're in a groove. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, hey, the same to you. Again, when the when I listen to podcast shows, and here's the thing about education podcast shows. The one, there's so many out there, and and you know, you'll have your tool show, you'll have your technology this or your pedagogy that, and some of them kind of blend into themselves. There's no sort of separation, you know, so to speak. And, and this is not to say anything bad, bad about them. It's just that, um, I don't even, I don't even want to say generic, but some of them don't stand out. They don't have that pop, right? Like they don't yeah. have that thing that just makes you go, Ooh, that was cool. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, with that, w- w- what I like about yours is that it does stand out because, and I never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, this is, Oh, okay. And that's what I'm hoping that people will get from my podcast or either anyone that, you know, you sit down and or say, I'm going, I'm going to dedicate the next 30, 40 minutes of my life to, 
I want them to sort of, you know, walk away going, wow, I'm excited, I'm energized, I'm ready to take uh, that next level. Uh, so for the, some people are going to consider podcasting. They want to do it. They don't know how to start. And someone asked me and I said, you just got to start, you know, because I didn't want to. You got to start. I didn't want to sit up there and, and just A, B, C, D, D, you know, with, with equipment, because I told you you can always upgrade equipment later on. But you just have to start now. What is your when people ask you about that, what do you tell them? Yeah, you know. It's hard because to me, it's I feel like it's almost like a personalized question. Like you have to kind of recognize in yourself what it is you need. Some people just can't simply start. I've found that out because I, I on some level I'm with you. Like just go, just put a mic in front of your face and start talking for thirty minutes. Don't worry about anything else. Everything else will figure itself out. Um, but some people just can't do that. They're planners. You know, they're people that need that plan in place. And so I kind of look at two entry points. I think for some people it is put that mic in front of yourself. The first seven you record are going to be awful. And you can go two directions with that. You can either post all the awful crap and let your build an audience as you grow. And that's fine. Or you can just do seven for yourself to find your voice. And then your eighth is the one you post as your first. There's that, there's that direction. So there's kind of two directions there. And then for other people, I think it does come back to what is the message you want to send? You know, and even once you get through that eighth episode, it still comes back to that question of what is the message you want to send? If in your ideal world, if you have an audience, what is it that your audience is going to be known for? You know, what is it that they're going to come to you for? Um, you know, it's, it's a, such an interesting concept of like a podcast. Like you said, I, I'm asking someone essentially by saying, Hey, check out my podcast. I'm asking you to give me an hour of your life at least once, but ideally every week, ideally every week, I want you to give me one hour of your life. And essentially my low budget, like microphone and laptop are trying to compete against a multi-million dollar an hour TV show on cable television or Netflix or Hulu or whatever else, essentially I'm competing against those. So what do I have to offer that they don't, you know? And I think that's the question that a lot of podcasters need to ask themselves is what is it I'm offering? And I will tell you right now, there's very few people out there who genuinely don't, couldn't offer something. You know, I think that's a, especially with educators, but just across the board, people get this idea that they don't have anything to offer. Like, well, I'm just a blank. I'm just a mom. I'm just an educator. I'm just an administrator. I'm just a businessman. Yeah. But there's a lot of other people that aren't that thing or are that thing and want to hear it. You know, in, in education and reading a lot, right? When in, in giving kids books, we talk about wanting them to have a mirror and a window right? We want to give them a mirror to see themselves in their, in their literature, but we also want them a window to see the world. And I think podcasting is the same way. So some people go to podcasting because they want to hear a voice that feels familiar, that is like them, that is going through the same struggles they're going through. Some people go to podcasting because they want to see something better than themselves. They want to see the next thing they can go to or something different. They want to see what it's like somewhere else. And so there's people out there that want that. Almost no matter who you are, there's people out there that want that. And you know, and at the end of the day, it's a storytelling medium. So if you're giving them the story that fits with what you want, you're in the right vote. So figure out what your story is, figure out what your voice is, figure out what your message is, whatever, whatever it is that drives you. You know, if you're even asking the question, I want to go, how would I start? I want to go podcast. 
you've already started to ask yourself those questions, right? You've already started to figure that out. You figured out that there's something in you you want to share. Now you just got to nail it down and then go do it. Um, and, and then, yeah, and that's the last part is go do it. It's really not that hard. Like you can do a lot of this stuff for free. Truly, you can start a podcast for next to nothing. If you really want to, you can do it with whatever technology you have in front of you in terms of hardware. You, you have a phone probably, right? At the very least, you can start off there and you can start recording. So just start. Just start doing it. Wow. That was dope. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that was, wow. That was right. That was right. Uh, I could end the show right there. Uh, that was so good. Uh, but before I go, uh, I want to ask you, since you told me you listen to eight hours of podcasts in a week, uh, what shows do you listen to and why do you listen to, to them? <sighs> well, I listen to a lot. I mean, I actually have to pull out my podcasting app to make sure because it, it gets hard to keep up with. Um, so I will say this, I, what's interesting about my space and I don't, I'm not, not my space, like the old technology that I exist anymore, the education space, I should say. Um, but what's interesting about the education space is I feel like a lot of education podcasters I talk to will repeatedly say, oh, I don't really listen to education podcasts. I don't really listen to education podcasts. And that blows my mind. I, I get like podcasting is a very friendly environment and podcasters generally are very friendly. I mean, you and I talk all the time on the education podcasters group where everybody's talking on Voxer about what they're doing and their ideas and sharing stuff. And that's awesome. It's really cool. But at the same time, there, there is some level of competition because we're all competing for essentially the same audience and they don't have unlimited hours. I mean, certainly we all know teachers don't have unlimited hours. So I listen to a lot of podcasts as market research, if you will, or as, as competitive research, you know? Um, so I listen to like 10 minute teacher podcast with Vicki Davis. I listen to always a lesson with Gretchen Bridgers. I listen to truth for teachers with Angela Watson, Google teacher tribe, house of ed tech, uh, podcast PD, uh, talks with teachers, teachonomy talks, Sarah and loans, you know, Sara. I listen to you, of course, the Dr. Will show, the ed podcast, transformative principle. Um, you know, so that list kind of just uh, chasing squirrels. I missed in that list. Uh, Roland Chidiak connects. Uh, there's a lot in that list. Teaching tales with Brent Colvin. Right? Like that, that part of it alone, that's a, that's a good chunk of my week. Um, and, and I will say while it is market research, I also get a ton of stuff out of those. You know, it, even though every one of those has a different voice and has a different perspective, I get a ton out of those. That's how I go to learn. I go to podcasts to learn new things, hear great stories and be entertained and informed at the same time. Um, so I listen to all of those and a lot of those I get shared out with my staff and then my instructional support role. I share those out with other people. Uh, in terms of non-ed podcasts that I go to as like, I wish I were that awesome, you know, Radio Lab I think is one of the most well-produced podcasts on the, on the internet. I mean, it, it's a beautiful piece of artwork with Jad Abenrod and Robert Krolwich and all those guys at the NPR studios. They're, they're amazing. I've listened to This Week in Tech, which is a weekly tech roundup since 2004. Leo Laporte is considered the godfather of podcasting. He kind of, he was one of the, the founders of this medium as a whole, and he's been doing it forever. Wow. Uh, so I, and you know, that, that's, it's amazing. And he's, he's the guy, right? I mean, he's, he's awesome. So, and I, I love technology. So it's a weekly roundup of all the stuff going on in the tech space. Um, 
I listen to what else do I have on here? Very Bad Wizards is one of another one that's non-ed space that I listen to, which is a philosopher and a, a psychologist, and they talk about you know just random conversations and uh, that are out there in the, the philosophy world and psychology world, and they're tremendously inappropriate and a lot of fun to listen to, and so you know that. But most of my week is dedicated to education podcasts. That's that's what most of it is, and I get to learn and figure out you know what other people are doing in the same space I'm working in at the same time. So it kind of doubles up my work. Mm. I only have about five pod- education podcasts uh, that I listen to and everything else is career and business related. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I, you know, for me, it's about the hustle um, for me to be better. And so uh, I, I, you know, I, I guess again, you know, as I spoke of earlier, because of there are so many. And here's another thing about education podcasts is because all of the ones you mentioned, and we all know each other on Twitter, we tend to recycle some of the same guests as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, you know, going to you know, listening to, you know, like this close, okay, group of education podcasts, and then sort of venturing out where now I'm hearing new and different voices is something that, you know, I, I try to do. Yeah, and I do too. You know, I, it's cool because there, I feel like there's like a few different major spheres of education podcasts. You know, there, there's a, you know, like there's the guys over at Voice Ed who I, I work with a lot and I love those guys. You know, I, I do a ton of stuff with Steven and Derek and Sarah and, and a lot, you know, Noah and Carousel. I, there's a ton of people over there that are doing Shane Lawrence. I, great work over there. And I love those guys. So I interact with that sphere and I have them on the show. You know, you've got Chris Nessie with his Education Podcast Network and he does a ton of stuff. I interact with all of those guys. I have my own Twitter sphere of people I talk to. So I think you're right. That diversity is super critical and, and not just diverse, you know, in every way, right? Diversity is super critical in every way. And so, you know, and you're one of the people I can go to because you are intentionally searching out that diversity. I can kind of piggyback on some of your stuff. So I've been reaching out to some of your guests sometimes too, where it's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I heard you on Dr. Will's show and you know, I'd love to talk to you and stuff. So, you know, I, I try to go to a lot of different spaces cause you're right. You do kind of, you get the same well. And not only does that not lend diverse opinions, because it doesn't, they end up having the same voices repeating themselves in an echo chamber. But the other thing it does is it doesn't build your audience because that audience is already listening to that person on the other thing. So you're just getting the same listeners listening to them four times. So you're not helping anything. You're not building yourself. You're not building your brand. You're not building your recognition. Like that's not helping anyone involved to have the same people over and over again. So I try to, I try to pull from a lot of different spots for that exact reason. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brad, for being a guest on the show. Uh, it was very fun. I, I may even release this today, even though I've wow. been, you know, I've been trying to stack this stuff, right? I have four <laughs> podcasts just sitting. <laughs> I know we've been, we've been talking about it. And I knew when you went to saying you're going to do like every week, I felt like it was going to be a struggle for you. I knew <laughs> you was going to be like, Oh, but I want to release it now. Like this cause that's who you, I feel like that's who you are. You're just so there. You don't want to wait. You don't want to be you're like, no, just throw it right there. Throw it out there right now. Yeah. I wanted to. And see, here's the problem. Like, you know, one of the people that I follow, uh, and I learned from a lot, and I'm part of her uh, boss group on Facebook is Sunny Lenarduzzi uh, from Canada. She does great stuff about business, branding, and YouTube. 
and you know she was talking about look you got to release this stuff at a certain date a certain time to build an audience where people are expecting to go and i was breaking all of her rules because i was i was doing like three or four podcasts a week and i was releasing them that day and it's great because all this content was coming but one of the problems was episodes could compete <clears throat> against each other because they're just like three are just up there at one time as opposed yep. to, okay, my audience has a week to simmer with this one episode and then something comes up. And then another issue with that is if I'm just like, yo, I'm on break, I'm chilling, I'm on vacation, I'm this, and I'm not shooting anything, then I have nothing to give my audience. So now I'm going to the once a week so that even if I am on vacation, I can always just go, and something new is there. Yep. So. No, and that's that's been one of mine is like, you know, balancing the other parts of our life, right? Like you got to, mm -hmm. as much as I love the podcast hustle, like you have to find structures that work for you to keep it going. And to me, it's not as much about the competition, although that's valid. Competing against itself is certainly valid. But, um, you know, that consistency is key. Your audience wants to know, you know, I, I have shows I listen to that I get I get frustrated that I haven't heard that voice on my list in like three weeks. And it's mm -hmm. like, but then they may release four episodes in a row. And I love that. But then I've got to go through the three week slump. I think if mm -hmm. Netflix has taught it, you know, we like that binge watching. Yeah. But man, how much does it stink when you watch a whole season in like two weeks and now you got to wait a year yeah. for another episode, not just a few months for the summer to be over. You got to wait a year. Oh, you're killing me. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't want to have my audience feel the same way. I mean, I, in my mind, they desperately need my voice every single week. So, <laughs> you know, but I just want to keep that consistency. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do now. So I'm going to hold back, but don't be surprised if it comes out. Uh, so people, you know how I do this. This is going up on SoundCloud and iTunes. I need for you to go. I need you to, re to give reviews and talk about it. I'm trying to get Oprah on this bad boy now. I need y'all to pump I heard, me up. I heard that. I heard that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm trying to get Grandma O up on this bad boy. Not Grandma, Godmother. Not the billion-dollar sister. I'm trying to get on this bad boy. Uh, go to – I'm going to release this on uh, LinkedIn. I'm going to share it on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and all these things. So I need you to rally around this new season, people. Let me know. I'm moving in the right direction. Uh, so, again, Brad, thank you for being a guest on the show. Absolutely, Will. Thanks for having me, man. It was a ton of fun. Awesome. You're welcome. As always, people, invest in you, EDU. Peace. <laughs>